It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast. With Steve Noodleberg, here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast already to number 28. Who'd have, who'd have thought you'd have seen five? And they said it couldn't be done. Uh, they did say that. They did say but that. But you know what? They're wrong as much as they're right. They're totally wrong. They are. There's a guy legally who changed his name today. Did you know that? I love that. Earlier this decade, hey. and by the decade, I mean the 21st of the century thereof, uh, in the 2000s, some dude changed his name today because people often say wisdom and, well, you know, they say it's they not say. what you know, it's who you know. So he changed the name today and a, and a judge let him. Was he formally known as they? I think he was just a weird guy who wanted to claim responsibility for like catchphrases that. and Listen, wisdom and whatnot. In the person, personal branding environment that we live in, yeah. differentiating. Everyone that, that, is a brand. Uh, it's one, the one thing that should be covered, I think, during this podcast is remember that Everybody is a brand. Now, there are different levels of brands. The brand that you want to be and how you are truly perceived by others, those can be different things. But like I always say, Gap, Manufacturers, Banana Republic, Gap, Old Navy, same factory, same thread, same workers. Some get the high-end tag, some get the low-end tag, but those three brands evoke a different emotion each time you think of each. And Lexus and Toyota would be another example Lexus, of that. Lexus, Toyota, and, 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 and don't forget the, the third bottom of that and that would be their division that was for the young people. Because it was, there was Toyota, yes. and then there was yes. Lexus, and then they started that third division. Uh, I don't want to give them any more love than they need, no. but it is the number one most ticketed vehicle for speeding uh, because most of the people driving it are 19 years old. But Did you know you, that or no? I didn't know that, but that's the There's reason a third division. why we do this. Scion. I learned something new. Yeah, Scion. Scion was Scion here and gone, is, Scion is Toyota's entry level. Is that still here? Around? Oh, yeah. Oh, is yeah. Okay. Scion, Scion, they still make Scion. See what happens? Guys, see what happens? The, the 20, 2018. Yeah, no, I, I saw, think. there's no more 2018s? That's it? I don't think so. Scion stopped uh, producing the I vehicle. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it shows you what is I Is that learned. the one that did the commercial with the rats? Uh, the, no, that was Kia. That was Kia. And they were, and oh, okay. they were, and they were gerbils. Okay. They were gerbils. Or hamsters. <laughs> I don't know. We're way off the tracks already, Steve. But it's all good. It's Tuesday. It stopped raining. It did. We, we have sunshine on a cloudy day for the first time in two weeks. We had half a day of sunshine in the last two weeks. You fly your friends in from Toronto, I believe, from the six, right? They and all brought of a sudden, the good weather. These fellas come from the six. And who thought Toronto would bring the nice weather? We knew they'd bring the polite. We knew they'd oh, bring they bring the, the clean and orderly, but who knew in the education? But who knew that Toronto would bring the nice weather? So please, by all means, I'm introduce so us excited to your guests because I the, part of what makes me tick is the opportunity to do business with two great entrepreneurs, guys who took the plunge, had careers, left their careers, started something on their own, and now bringing what they do and how they do it to the United States. And on the ball, and Noodleberg and Ori, we're all going to be involved in it. So I'm super excited to introduce Rob and Tim. I'll let them jump in, tell us who you are, what you are, and welcome to the party. By all means. Love to. Thank you. Loving to be here. Yeah, cool. It's actually, we're here on a, on a scouting mission because uh, our Raptors crapped out. So, you know, LeBron kicked them out pretty early. So Wow, didn't he? Man? Yeah, so. They changed the name of your town to LeBronto. Yeah. Oh. Which is hurtful. Ooh. I thought yeah. that was hurtful. Uh, you know what? The first time I heard it, I thought, oh, 
man, Lebronto really because it actually doesn't sound that bad. It doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> so that's actually being our, our, you know, we want him to come to Toronto. So it's like you know, we'll, we'll change the name, Lebron. You know that moment where you're like, oh no, this is happening. There's nothing I can do about it. That's one of those moments. Yeah, that Lebronto, happened. Toronto, it was just too. It, it was like Al Roker told a story about being a little kid. Saturday morning, this cartoon show came on, and it was called Fat Albert. And immediately, he was filled with dread because he knew as soon as he went to school on Monday morning, he was, was going to be Fat Albert Roker from that point on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All the way true. from Lebronto. Lebronto. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, it, you know, it just proves out that the, the world we live in, you can connect with anybody, anytime, from anywhere. We were introduced... Six weeks ago, yeah, eight weeks, six ago. weeks ago. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Started talking. You know, one conversation led to the other. They think very much like I do in terms of, hey, we're going to start this dance. We're going to see how it goes. If it works for me and it works for you, we'll keep it going. And I am super excited to be part of what they're doing, which hopefully they're going to tell, uh, tell us We'd about today. love to tell you about it. Company. Um, does Tim speak, or is it just... No, you know what, Tim, Tim's a mute. <laughs> it's kind of like that, mute. It's like the, the Vegas uh, yeah. magicians. Exactly. Yeah. Pen and Teller. Uh, Pen and Teller. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just, Rob and Tim. He just writes stuff on a piece of paper, and i got to read it. <laughs> I straighten him out when he starts bullshitting, so exactly. that's why awesome. I'm here. Awesome. Exactly. He says three words, he's already cussing. Exactly. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. You've got to break it fine. in somehow. You're going to get along just fine around here. Awesome. All right, go ahead. So go. Well, yeah, listen, thank you very much. Um, you know, we're on this really wonderful ride. Um, you know, Tim and I are the the, the founders of arm and you know we've been doing this for about 10 years now and you know we've really kind of hit a niche for ourselves we're agency guys way back and we decided screw it we've had enough time you know making money for somebody else we want to do it for ourselves amen and, and you know what we found a really cool niche and you know our clients love working with us and, and essentially in a nutshell what we do is uh, we reward digital engagement we have all these different clients that are trying to get their clients to go to this digital world mm -hmm. you know so whether it's using apps mobile apps mobile banking but the reality is they got to get them there and they want to get them there fast. And you're getting people to kind of play outside their comfort zone. And, and our whole philosophy is if you're going to get somebody to do something that they may be a little bit uncomfortable with, yeah, you know, I'm used to going to the bank. I like to go see the teller. Now you want me to do everything on my phone? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Oh, you're going to buy me dinner? Great. And that's what we do. We create incentive programs that reward those customers for doing that activity. But what we do is a cool space. Huh? Yeah. And we do it immediately. It doesn't happen. You know, you do this and you got to wait four months. No, you do it. We get data. It happens. It literally, they get the reward instantly. And they can, you know, they can literally go out for dinner that night. How? So, so they're already doing this in Toronto. They yeah. have a, a list of clients, all the blue chips. And, you know, when we got introduced, he says, look, I want to bring what I'm, what we're doing. I want to bring it to the United States. Do you know any good salespeople? <laughs> now, now, how much of this, and Tim, I'm a director, do you to get you in Absolutely. the game here a little bit? How much of this is one of those quandaries where you say, well, technology and demographics and millennials and, you know, late adapters, if you will, how much of this is just realizing that this is coming whether you realize it or not? Yeah, when we look at the marketplace in Canada right now, we, uh, we look at it on a time frame basis and all that, and we're probably about four to five years. Uh, advanced versus the U.S. market mm. right now based on our preliminary research and talking to existing clients that we have here and south of the border in, in the U.S. Um, you know, everyone's carrying around a, a handheld device, That's whether right. it's a tablet, an iPad, yep. you know, their smartphones and all that. So it's just a matter of time before we get that digital engagement further down the path. And as people get more and more comfortable with that, um, right now in Canada, there's a big push to get people uh, depositing their checks using their smartphone. Uh -huh. uh, 
Um, a lot of people will bank on their smartphone, but they won't put a check in through their smartphone. Really? Which, which that's is crazy. New, new behavior, though. No, no, yeah, absolutely. Brand new behavior. Why is yeah. that? Rob, why do you think that is? What's the psychology behind the uh, reluctancy of people to do other things on their phone but not actually deposit a check electronically? It, it's just basically comes down to that's not how I did it before. Right? So, and what we're trying to do is say, look, try it once. Right? Use your mobile phone, take a picture. Get it deposited. That's how you deposit a check through a picture on mobile phone. Try it. You just have to try it once because we know that as soon as people try things, oh, well, that actually wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. There, there's this huge, you know, issue with technology, data issues, all that stuff, you know, but they do it and then it happens and it's like, hey, I could do this all day. Yeah. It's real simple. You know, it's funny. I'll, I'll depo- I, the only way I deposit checks is digitally on the mobile app, yeah. uh, but I won't put cash into the ATM. I'll take cash out. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't I, do that either. I refuse yeah. to put $100 bills inside the ATM. I just don't trust it. I, I, and, and that's just strange. But have you had a bad experience with that in the past? You thought nope. you'd deposit 100 and nope. they only gave you 10 No. In fact, oh. back in the day, we used to scam the machine. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, back in university, yeah. it's like, here's yeah. 20 bucks going in the machine, but not really. Back in, co- 20 bucks out. Back in college, you pretend that you were depositing a check and they credit you in advance. Yeah, exactly. So you pretend that you were depositing 40 bucks and take 20 of it out of the machine. <laughs> there was nothing in the envelope. So, so you're the payday loan. They stopped. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We beat the system for a while. So, so yeah. here's the interesting thing. As consumers... We are bombarded with everybody telling us to do something, change this behavior, do this, do that, buy this, act like this. Yeah. They've come to a place where they go, okay, I'm willing to try it, but what's in it for me? And that's why I love this program because Hmm. even it doesn't have to be monumental. It's just, you know what? They bought me dinner. They bought me a cup of coffee. Right. Whatever they did, they went an extra mile because ultimately, it's really good for the companies that we're, you know, we're going to work on. Incentivization is everything in life. Yeah. I got out of work today because I was incentivized by a paycheck. I took a shower today because the pretty girls are going to be here later <laughs> on when I do my show from Twin Peaks. <laughs> and I took a shower because I'm incentivized by them not thinking that I smell. But there is an aspect of incentivization where, I don't know, it's a, almost like a Freakonomics point where they talked about in that book. For, I'm sure you guys have all sure. read it. When the Israeli daycare... Uh, started charging parents to pick up your kids late. The incentivization was such that, well, it w- they came even more to pick up their kids late because of a small price to pay. So how do you dance that line between people thinking, ah, it's a fraudulent gift card to Walmart or Amazon, that's and I'm not question. doing this that's- nonsense, to where now they feel like, ooh, that's the sweet spot of now I'm going to take action because it's not too little, not too much. It's just right. It's the Goldilocks principle, if you will. No, it actually is the Goldilocks principle. Um, and we find that you don't need to have this monumental carrot in front of a person to get them to do something. You know, it just has to resonate. Like, and what we do is we make sure that whatever that, that hook, that incentive is, it speaks to who we're talking to. So when they go through that process, um, you know, we have a client where we're using a $5 gift card to get them to go from a paper utility bill every month to get an email to them, to paperless. Mm. We're using a $5 value, 5 bucks, and that's all it is. And we've gone from 30% penetration on paperless in 24 months to over 50%. Wow. And we're using a $5 gift card. But those gift cards, they have a choice of three when they go in. And one of them is certainly going to speak to their lifestyle. So there's always going to be something there for them. Mm. Um, so that's what we try to do is make sure that, hey, you know, we want to make sure that, that at the end, when you do that uncomfortable thing, that there's something there that you're going to value. Um, and that... It, what it also does is it creates that emotional connection with the, with the customer and that brand. Mm-hmm. It's not just about they're not listening to me. Oh, I really like that XYZ store. I'm going to take that card. Thank you very much. 
And that's the emotional connection and bond that we try to build with these programs. And just to add to that for a second, a lot of our clients come in with a, a preconceived notion that they have to give away $100 or $150 to, to generate that action by their customer mm-hmm. or, their, or their clients. And we counsel them and say, you know what? You're, you're leaving money on the table there. You don't need to go that high. Let's try 25 or 50 and then retool it. because All testing, man. Yeah, a lot of testing because it, it is digital and we can change it on the fly and we can really see what resonates with that customer. So we've had bank uh, clients go out there with $100 value. And then within uh, two to three months, it's down to 50 and it's pulling just the same. But, but people are fascinating to me because I observe every day out and about. And I'll go to Target and I will notice that people are waiting in this line and waiting in that line. And I'll look and I'll see a cat who's a cashier at a line and he just stands there by himself. Now, he's not signaling you who everybody I'm open, but everybody else just gets in the line with others and they don't think for themselves and they don't realize that, hey. Why is that open? Why, <laughs> like, go, go, go find out. Go find out. Go find out. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the mindset of incentivization because I'm headed to Atlantic City this weekend for the Boxing Hall of Fame inductions. A buddy of mine's going in. And I'm thinking about, am I going to stay in just a hotel or hotel casino? And then I start thinking about, well, if I stay in the casino, my play will cover my room and my food and my beverage. <laughs> How many times have I had a $3,000 free pizza? How many times have I had a $5,000 free <laughs> shrimp cocktail? Oh, but it was free. Because the incentivization was there. And, and yours is a no-risk process. This is a proposition of, hey, we're going to make it worth your while in the instance here to go paperless. Here's a little something for you right now. Not the old mail-in rebate, not the wait five weeks, not the nonsense. I'm fascinated by that. So, so one of the reasons why I do this show is I love what happens in the mind of an entrepreneur. Mm. So I love that these guys started out working in the agency world. They understand how to deliver value to clients, at some point made the decision to jump in and do it for themselves. And then as we were talking, getting to know each other through the last six weeks, the buzzwords were, were really ringing. They have passion for what they do. They want to have fun with their clients. They don't want to be looked at as a vendor. They want to be somebody that is a partner. You know, you can talk all that all day long. And then as we got deeper, it started to be a lot of almost looking in the mirror Bald, to bald, bald head, <laughs> to, to bald head, where he's pointing at Rob. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Where, where he's telling me, like, hey, listen, I don't, I don't have to do business with everybody. We interview them the same way they interview us, and I love that. Where that's one of the major reasons to be an entrepreneur. One of the lessons is you get to make a choice. Rob, that's accurate, right? You don't have to do business with everybody. No, you have the luxury to get to choose whom it is you like to do business. At the end of the day, what we want to do is great work. And having been in the agency world for you know a number of years, um, sometimes it's tough to do that you know with certain clients because of the makeup of the client you know et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know we we have a great roster of clients, and we have a great roster of clients because we have a two way relationship. You know, it's not a vendor; it's an actual partnership. Mm. Because said, listen, this is what we can do if you let us do it um, and be a part of that process. We often talk about let's hold hands, right? Let's agree. We're going to do this thing. We're going to hold hands. We're going to jump off the cliff together, right? So that we're going to do great work together. And that allows you to, you know, you know, basically be able to push back on each other, but still go for a beer, go for a round of golf and, and have a great relationship. Um, and that's what we ultimately strive to have is those kind of relationships. Partnerships. It sounds like the culture. I know that folks may or may not be aware. This podcast generates from ESPN West Palm, where the parent company, Good Karma Brands, is all about partnership, is all about culture. It's all about the symbiotic nature of if it's not good for you, then it won't be good for us, and it won't be a proposition in which we should enter. Um, relationship-wise, 
I always talk about the, the old tailgate where sometimes you go to a concert and all you got is vodka, but the car next to you, they got ice and orange juice. Okay, great. Well, let's make some screwdrivers. Let's all be friends. They've got, I mean, everybody's got to win, right? Tim, I mean, everybody's got to win for this to be, you know, of business purpose and, yeah. and direction. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a uh, financial transaction at the end of the day. It's not just about trying to get money out of their pockets, trying to build that long-term relationship. You know, most of our clients are going on three, four, five years now, tenure with them. Uh, there's some that we've parted ways with because we just decided to walk away from them for various different reasons. But it's that long-term relationship with them that makes a lot of sense. It's not just about, as I said off the top, digging in their pockets and trying to get some money out of them. So, it's, so philosophically, the way you go to market, you can pick and choose the way you go to market. Right. It aligns really well with things I talk about in the book, things I live and breathe, you know, this relationship type selling. These guys, we're going to introduce them. They're in town. We're introducing them to a bunch of people. They're not walking in with the, you know, I'm ready to, you know, knock down a deal. They don't have a pitch. Yeah, we're going to go. No. We're going to meet some people. Some good things are going to happen. We're going to continue to innovate. And, you know, it's not, that mindset is so significant in the selling world today. And to meet entrepreneurs that because of digital, I would not have met any other way. And then, boom, you know, I love it. It's just, you know, it really. Rob, what are the biggest misconceptions when it comes to digital now? Um, I'm talking about the casino, the blackjack table. Still, everybody thinks if a player hits a hand he shouldn't, it ruins everybody else's cards. No, 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 it only, only ruins his chances to win. It'll alter yours, but that's one of the biggest myths. So there's a lot of folks that think they know a lot about digital and about what it is that you guys are doing. But there's also some misconceptions that people need to probably know once and for all that's not the case, for example. Well, I mean, I, I think now, I mean, you look at some clients when they look from a digital perspective, whether it's digital marketing, digital advertising, they're not necessarily seeing the results that they want to get, uh-huh. right? Or what that they were promised, right? Because it's still an emerging thing. There's still lots to learn. Um, but when we talk about digital from our perspective, it's all about how do we migrate people that they don't have a digital relationship with meaning. And that relationship is all about how they communicate with them and how they interact with that brand. So it could be a bank. We want you to get into digital uh, banking. So, you know, traditionally you went bricks and mortar, you went into the bank, you cashed your check, whatever. No, no, no. We want you to do this all through your phone. Mm. And here's how we're going to get you to do that. Um, you know, like mobile companies, right? So let's get them using the mobile app uh, so they can manage their, their, their cell phones and everything like that uh, through, their, through their mobile device. Um, it's just trying to get them to understand that uh, it's and it, it's a slow process. It's a it's a slow burn, but it's also a real need that clients have identified. Um, especially when you look at things like paperless, for example, in the United States, on an annualized basis, the utilities industry, so like your gas bill, your hydro, guess how much money that industry spends, which is a hard cost on paper, the, on paper alone, on an annualized basis. They must uh, purchase 62% of it from Dunder, Mifflin, and Scranton because that <laughs> office still has 12 people in their selling, even on, <laughs> even on reruns 10 years ex post facto. So I'm imagining that every utility company, it's, it's got to be, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be multi, multi billion dollars in paper. It is just over $1.2 billion a year. Okay. That is spent just so that you can have a, uh, a paper. And forget statement. about the environmental impact. Right. I mean, that's. Right, yeah. That's as, as That's secondary as the do- yeah. but it's it's as significant to some people, yeah. you know, than the dollar. So you yeah. guys are at an advantage because this next group coming up, these nineteen year olds now, they care about the environment. They are early adapters. They are digital savvy. They'd rather deposit their checks on the phone. Yeah. So so you you know soon the audience that you're really wanting is coming to you. Yeah. Right. They're on that conveyor belt. Yeah. But now it's the issue of the folks like Noodleberg, who's in his mid fifties. Uh, what are you fifty six? Fifty eight. 
Fifty. He looks. Doesn't he look good? It looks awesome. Looks especially with his biceps. The one on the right's a little bigger <laughs> than the left. <laughs> but you can see he's got tattoos. One says left. One says right. <laughs> to keep him so I know. Right? Yeah. Keep so so how does that change things? Knowing that the audience that really is what it is that you want and who you want, they're coming around the corner. They're they're around in second. But the folks that you want to convert, they're they're close to home, but they're not. Well, you know what? We and as Tim Tim can kind of embellish on this but we there's kind of three pods right three groups there's those early adopters that will do those things and sometimes they need a push to do other things right so they're in but how do we drive them deeper into those uh, activities then there's that group in the middle that are going yeah okay i could probably do that and they maybe need a little nudge and then there's that group on the end that third and the other end that go no you know i'm never going to do that so that's a different strategy they might need some other type of incentive or um, over a longer term play. So you do this and get this. And then if you keep doing it, we're going to show you the love and we're going to reward you every month for three months for doing a uh, a bank transaction of some kind on your phone. Isn't isn't there a group, though, Tim, that you're going to ignore? I mean, I remember, you know, back in college when in, in corporate advertising, when they say there's three kinds of consumers, the ones that use your product, the ones that might, the ones that never will. Stop spending money and time on the ones that never will. You know, when you watch the vegan channel, I don't see commercials for Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be some that we uh, we traditionally ignore. I mean, there'll be a point where there's a saturation where you've got everyone moved over to digital. And how do you still get those noodlebergs of the world and, and all that who are uh, who have not adapted to all all digital means? But when we look at it, as Rob was saying, there's different strategies for different people. You know, you've got the millennials coming up. They expect it. They expect everything instantly. You send mm-hmm. them a text today, they want a, respond, a response back in seconds. Yeah. How we start delivering rewards will change in the future. It definitely changes the future where we'll be SMSing them, texting out to them rather than a traditional email. Millennials aren't checking their emails. So right. there, there will be tweaks along the way and, and, and different ways we go about it. Um, Huge right now, obviously, is uh, is uh, data compliance and security and all that. And w- one of the beauties we've been able to build and develop on our platform is we've we run everything at bank level security for all of our clients. So whether it's a fifty thousand dollar client or five million dollar client, we've got uh, bank level security for all their customers hmm. and uh, and all their uh, anyone who interacts with us is residing on that platform. So we're in great shape from that standpoint. And you know. It's always in the news, and, and we're, we're just trying to keep ahead of the curve there. It's an interesting time in humanity. I've been working on this book for 12 years, The Instant Gratification Nation. The problem is none of those rules apply anymore because I never actually put <laughs> – because everything changes. Yep. We're such an instant gratification nation and almost species, but it's weird because I could drive 10 minutes to go down to Walmart and get that item, but I'll just sit on my couch and on Amazon I'll order it, and it'll be here in three or four days. So at what point is instant gratification not the rule because it's more about convenience and I don't feel like getting up off the couch to actually drive there. It's a strange time. Is it not a strange time? Well, to, well the world has changed. I don't know if you – this weekend I got a privacy report, a privacy thing from just about every app and every company I've ever done. We've updated with. our privacy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. all over. Almost every other email was somebody's privacy information. We've updated and we need you to update. You know, it's like why did it take – somebody else getting hacked for you to you know, to wake why up it, why yeah. isn't that a priority yeah. anyway yeah. you know yeah. so it's, the way that people think in the way that people and, and act speaking of that just that, in concert. we we got frauded this morning woke up to an alert that there was eight thousand dollars worth of charges on one of my son's credit cards really you know, yeah i spoke to the bank it was fantastic process in terms of how they dealt with it but i'm like going you know it's you know having that kind of security is significant now. Yeah, I mean, eight thousand dollars 
for a company that every week in May uh-huh. uh, they charge two thousand dollars and just kept doing it. Just kept doing. Would have kept doing it if I, I didn't, caught it. Yep. You know, we we caught. They didn't catch it. Yep. Right. All right. So so much of this is about the entrepreneurial spirit that Correct. we all share, and myself included. Even uh, Steve, of course, you guys were agency guys, and you said no, 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 no. We're tired, as you said, of making somebody else money. Let's make money for ourselves. Everyone, I think, likes the idea of being an entrepreneur. And I think folks have a different idea of what it is and what it really is. Uh, we talked about misconceptions earlier. So so let's do that with entrepreneurial ship, if you will. And Ooh, I'll begin with you. Nice word. That right. was like four or five <laughs> syllables. Practice there. Can you spell that, Entrepreneurial <laughs> ship. The final Jeopardy answer. Yes. What do people not understand about the successful entrepreneur? Rob, I'll give you the floor first. Um, you know what? One of the things I found as when, we, when, when Tim and I first went out, you know, you, you end up meeting a lot of people along the way and you talk about things and you think, you know what, when I'm out, I'm going to him first because I know we'll get business from him. Doesn't happen. Doesn't right? happen. It, 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 Never, you, ever. You get the business from the most unexpected sources. That's what I found was really? kind of, yeah, was, was, was a big challenge. Because talk is cheap. You know, yeah, everybody's and saying, you know, Rob, oh, you're well. really smart. Tim, you, this is a brilliant idea. And then you knock on the door and then nobody's answering. It's like Dave's not home. You know, it's just it's just like Dave's, Dave's not home, Dave's man. Dave's not here, man. Cheech and Chong reference. Yeah, yeah. I just got that. Yeah. And the first, it took 28 episodes of this stupid podcast to finally get a Cheech and Chong reference. It's the first time. And, and totally by coincidence, I saw a report this weekend about Tommy Chung's marijuana business. Oh. He has a very, you know, Chung's yeah. Choice is what it's called. And look, it only took 45 years, but sooner or later came around. And here's him. this guy that's been building his brand for 45, 45, 45 years. He's ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> the, Absolutely. The original stoners, if yeah. you will. Just yeah. their movies, everything they do. Yeah. I would trust him. The entrepreneurs. Yeah. Suggesting yeah. pot, right? Yeah. Those, they were the original stoner brand. Yeah. They were Unbel- the... Like Hilarious. Said, the Hilarious. comedy record albums and right. the movies that followed. Hilarious. So they're, they're folk legends in a society now that readily accepts marijuana discussions, smoking publicly, uh, Joker's Wild, the game show that has commercials for Procter & Gamble on tel- is hosted by a guy who's stoned, and every right. joke is about smoking weed. Times have changed. Times have changed. <laughs> Same thing on Entrepreneur, and I'll ask you now, Tim. Go ahead. Uh, probably the biggest thing that people don't realize when they jump into the entrepreneurship game is uh, there's high highs and low lows. So back to the Cheech and Chong, exactly. <laughs> but you know, we're at, done. At Every low- reference will be that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> at the lows, it's a great time for reflection and, and looking at your business and looking at yourself and saying, "This this is what we're made of. We we got to step up. We got to take ourselves off the mat and, and jump up and start fighting again." But you got to ride those highs too because there's going to be lots of them and with some lows in between and you just got to keep punching away and, and rolling with it. But that's that's something that people don't even think about. They think it's just going to be rosy all the way through and they don't have to worry about it. Rule 17 in the book. This podcast is based on the confessions of a serial salesman. The 27 rules for influencers and leaders. Uh, 17 is let's get social. We got a little social today. The space in which you gentlemen are occupying in digital, a lot of folks are on that space, not because they're getting work done, but because they are interacting and engaging socially. So let's quickly discuss the power of social media by all means. You know, so um, there's this dance party going on, and I would say 75% of the people, at least from a business perspective, are standing against the wall. 
you know, and the people who have fun when they go to a dance party are the people who dance. Uh-huh. These guys have created a business that is going to push people out on the dance you know, floor. They're, you're, they're, they're, so I love that. They're providing the hot girls right. in the middle of the dance Man, floor that have no go. one to dance with. Here you go. Oh, if, you know, whatever the, the incentive yep. is to do it, you know, but from all of the different ways I break it down with the salespeople that I train and the way I broke down my own business, we were able to have this relevant conversation on the phone. Then we went back to each other's social media and we looked at each other and we go, okay, I see the businesses that they're doing business with in Canada. There's no bullshit because those people have recommended or, you know, given, you know, their references. Same with me. So, you know, there's so many advantages to living in this social world, the transparency, you know, it really is the Yelp of, you know, of of sales, of the Yelp of business because, you, you know, I know that this freaks people out when I say it, but there are some salespeople who lie. Mm, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. And you know what? The equalizer is the social media platform because you can't lie because people will call you out. That's right. People, yeah. hey, that's bullshit. 20 you know? years so, ago in a bar, I could tell the girl I played for the Detroit Red Wings. Now they go, hold on a second. No, yeah, you don't. No, you don't. So, right. so, you know, Google and all of that stuff. So when I see guys like this who have created a business model that is pushing people to continue to use social for their benefit, they will ultimately all love the, the activities that they do, but changing behavior is so difficult. It's the number one challenge, I think, in all businesses, yeah. and, and that's you're changing social behavior. Well, and you know what? I mean, our mantra is simplicity, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, the social programs that we create, the, the, the programs that we put together for our clients, it has to be so dead ass simple for our clients to understand mm-hmm. like client you're going to do this you're going to put this offer out there when that happens you're going to tell us who who qualifies who, who who the people that took you up on that offer you're going to hand them to us and now what we're going to do is we're going to get them to get their offer we're going to give them their offer and they're going to go and redeem it's all about simplicity it's real easy for them to explain explain to their sales i mean we deal with we you know with with uh, with clients with with some of the largest banks in canada where they've got to deal with you know, over a thousand branches. And mm. those, those branches, branches have to understand the programs. And if it's too complicated, it doesn't work. It's all based on simplicity. Do X, get Y. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's Keep that simple. Keep it that simple. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. I, I, one more point I want Please. to throw in there. And that social is not only digital, because what we did today to make our relationship real was got face-to-face and broke bread. Yeah. Can't be any bit more Boom. simple then look each other in the face and say, can we work together? Do we want to work together? Let's enjoy a good meal, right. a good cigar, a good drink, and boom. Rob and Tim on marketing, who, by the way, refer to this nation as south of the border, which I really enjoy, Tim. <laughs> Does the president know that you guys are in, in, in the country? Uh, under I, different names. Because, uh, you know, as I understand, maybe opposed to people. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yes. them safe. I yes. like these two. Would you please, Steve? Yes, sir. Thank you once again, Rob and Thanks Tim. For hey, thank thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been awesome. Fantastic. And it's Great. always nice to bring the sophistication of Toronto and its people here. We could we could learn a few things south of the border. Have here. you ever been to Toronto? Of course, come on. I'm from I West have New York. not been to Toronto. You got to go. Uh, you well, know what you're missing. The first deal we do, I'm coming to Toronto. And I won't <laughs> refer to it as Lebronto because while that stings, 
It's funny, but I still won't. It, I probably should. <laughs> LeBron, I mean, God, that's a terrible. Our friend John Sally played there and only speaks really highly of Toronto. Loved it's a, his it's time a wonderful there. city. Yeah. See, yeah. And, wonderful and, city. And in, in Toronto, we're just very polite. So we would just politely ask you, please don't refer to us as that. That's Thank a, you. They, they, yeah. did, they did college game day or something from uh, Toronto when a guy was holding up a sign and said, I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> <laughs> not, not those guys suck. It says, I hope both teams just have fun. <laughs> tell us something good, Steve. We don't ask people how they're doing. We ask them, tell us something good as we wind down. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go personal on this. Tell me something good. Go ahead. Um, June will be my 58th birthday. June 28th. God willing. And God willing. Don't get ahead of and yourself. And I just planned a trip where all the generations will be together. So Papa Noodle and my two boys. My man Stan. All flying in. Your man Stan. So he actually said, make sure that we spend some time with Josh. We so, should. He owes so, me 30 bucks. I'm super know. jacked up. That uh, <laughs> you know, right. we'll be doing our party over at uh, you know Breakers again. Can't so, wait. Uh, and so, that's another thing we have in common. I'm June 20. Are you really? So there you go. Cancers. There uh, you go. Uh, no, I'm a Gemini. Oh, I, I'm on the cusp, baby. Oh, okay. I'm a, yeah. I'm I've heard that. that about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm that split personality. Uh, South of the border. Gentlemen, awesome. thank you once again. Thank Episode you very 20. Want to do it again? Want to do a number 29? Yeah, we got good stuff coming up. Our, friend, right. uh, our friend uh, Greg Snowden's going to be Greg Snowden. Us. Yeah, so... Uh we got yeah. good stuff ahead. Bright mind, not much of a public speaker, but you're going to help him Ooh, with that. Now. <laughs> help him with that, please. It's my pleasure. Listen, for everyone involved, Steve Nittleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening this time to the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, and we'll catch you next time for episode 29. So long, everybody. And that's...